Okay. All right. Office hours 23. We're here. 12 p.m. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah, no, go ahead, Tim. No, you can start. Put the hand. <laughs> we can do it. Nihal. We see you. There, yeah, there we go. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Vatsal, uh, clicking in the back, uh, has had, uh, well, it's been a week. <laughs> so we can maybe talk a little bit about that. I know uh, that was, uh, Tim was thinking a bit, a bit about two. Get together uh, every week, 12 p.m., have a lot of fun discussions, conversations. We do like a weekly kickoff meeting and then we also do some little stand-ups in the morning. Um, but uh, we don't actually, you know, hop. we try to uh, avoid as many meetings as possible. It's just, I find people get distracted. It's it, it takes up your time. And then depending on where those meetings are set up, it can sort of wreck this idea of flow states and, and really getting some work done that you want. So glad that we're able to do that, but always look forward to these on, on Friday. Uh, maybe quick round of introductions because we shape shift every week and have slightly different uh, introductions, but I'm Tyler. Uh, right now I am, what am I doing? Just focus on solving problems. Love solving problems. I like when they're, sometimes I like the more complex they are, but then uh, I also don't like when they are uh, a little bit past my own brain power, which does happen, I've realized. So uh, <laughs> I'm doing my best to navigate through that. Lucky to have great people around me who fill those gaps in my brain. Uh, and some of you are here today. So uh, go ahead, whoever wants to jump in and say a quick intro. I missed you. Uh, been a couple of week, weeks since the last time I saw you and talked with you and on office hours. And it's always different energies. You, as you've said, it's shape shifting collective here. But at the same time, um, uh, I would start. Uh, my name is Timothy. But um, happy birthday, Lauren! You had a birthday yesterday. Exactly. Yes, Lauren. It looks so it's mature. Beautiful. Look at that guy. Three hundred and sixty days more of wisdom uh um right i'm an engineer uh, and for the past couple of weeks been hands down on some problems we, we've been having and it's gladly these were uh designed and as i presume we've uh lured to that you've alerted to that in previous office hours is that uh, there's a lot of work now that has been done in um that that's been pre-designed and and it's 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 a learning experience, but um, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, beautiful. And Tim's got shorter hair than last time he was here, but uh, I like it. I, I miss your long hair, but I also like your short hair. So, and it's really not that short objectively; it's still quite long. <laughs> so, thanks for joining, Tim. We're glad to have you back, buddy. Okay. Hey, I'm Lauren. Uh, I'm doing the finances and the accounting here at Speak. I uh, like dealing with numbers, usually like financial related numbers. I'm really bad at calculus, to be honest, but uh, that's for <laughs> scientists and whatnot. So not ter terribly relevant to what we're doing. Um, and yeah, I like words too. And Lauren, just, you know, your birthday will not reveal your age, but, uh, you know, um, any, you look great. You're a smart man, wise. You bring wisdom every day. Also enjoyed uh, following you on Twitter. Uh, wise words on uh, through through tweet game. Um, maybe some people don't put um, tweets and wisdom together, but there can be lots of wisdom that comes through that medium. So uh, thank you for sharing your insights and perspective. I've enjoyed it a lot. Thanks. I'm trying to be more active on there. I try and avoid social media as much as possible, but <laughs> sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. There we go. All right. And last but not least. Hey, uh, Nihal here, uh, digital strategist, marketer, writer uh, here at Speak. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a while, a couple of weeks, uh, we've all kind of kept our 
heads down. It's been quiet um, <laughs> around the virtual office, but um, it, it's, it's been a good time. And uh, we've got some exciting, exciting t- things ahead. Beautiful. Okay. Does anyone have a, does anyone have a place they want to start anything burning right now? Maybe one of the best things that have, uh, one of the things that I'd love to share here and uh, just address, it's, it's that we're definitely, um, was a long, it's, it was a several weeks long sprint. It was a hard one. And I did work on Fridays, um, just didn't tend because it was, because it was a pile of things and gladly the pile of things that made sense. Um, and now I'm, um, I, I, I thought about recovery and thought, well, how do you even, how do you even work five days a week and sort of recover two days a week? And how do you do that? And, and um, my girlfriend came up, well, how about we go to Niagara? And then, uh, and it was, uh, I'm sharing this a little personal story, but I'll relate that back to a good lesson that it, it really stems from the fact that one of the best things that had happened with in the past two years due to COVID was that the decentralized workforce became real and that we're so disconnected, not the right word, but yes, away and not, and not in the short loop with the team, bad and a good thing. But the good thing, the good aspect of this is that um, work hard and play hard becomes um, somewhat of a analogy that you can use to explain how would you spend your weekends, but then um, behind this all, and and, and been doing this for, for three weekends, it was out there in forest and just doing, forget forgot my phone and computers at home thing. The Maybe the best thing that could, that could be said about um, maybe uh, to, to, to expand on this is that it doesn't, this analogy doesn't really apply. You can't, you can't play hard all the weekends and, and get back on Monday and still be um, completely operational. And, and, but on part it's true. And the part where recovery is important is true. And I would argue that recovery is not just weekends, recovery is every day. And everyone who listens here and does decentralized work, works from home or otherwise can afford to manage their own time and environment if they have if you have control over your environment it's something that um, is worth looking into if you have an opportunity to um, manage recovery once a day have a good night of sleep wind down well or have a recovery one every hour that is something that um um, it, it's, it's, um, I overlooked it, do not know about statistics, but, um, I, I, there is so much power behind being well-rested and to the point and being present. Presence is everything. And, um, yeah, presence with work and presence in, um, with yourself and your partner and life overall. Um, so I would just say that we're truly lucky here and thank you for, um, uh, facilitating, 
this, Tyler and everyone here on the team, because we're all contributing to this and making this work for everyone. Um, it's the beautiful part and um, I hope a good note to start this conversation from. Okay, wow, Timothy. Timothy comes back with a vengeance, love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, especially here, we're, we're, we're lucky because we get to do things that are, are, you know, things that are exciting for our mind. We get to solve problems together, but at the same time you realize, you know, that's not something to play with. Like you, you there is the possibility of burnout. And when you're so, trying to solve complex problems or you're pushing too hard on those, on those limits, you can, you know, burn yourself out temporarily or long-term, or I think the worst thing is you lose enjoyment for the work that you're, you're doing. And, uh, you know, like even it's been a pretty tight last couple of days, but yesterday, instead of sort of sitting on that, you know, Vatsal and I and his friend, Monica, we went, went and sat down by the water and just enjoyed some time. And, and, and that, you know, that's a refresher, helps you reset and then allows you to come back to work with more energy than if you had just tried to push through and persevere. And I find that especially early in my career, I didn't respect that. I didn't, I didn't care. I would just always keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And, uh, and that was not a helpful or healthy thing. And the, I think there's been two sides of, I mean, technology, which has obviously been great to allow us to disconnect in a, in a good sense and allow us to work in our own environments. But then there's also the other part of the, the Slack messages at night or, you know, uh, you know, the, the constant communication that can happen after work hours when you should be taking time for yourself and resting and, and, and restoring, as, as you've mentioned. So uh, I see both the positives and, and I think the negatives. And, and my hope is that even if something's popping up that you don't feel responsible, if you need your time and recovery and rest, that you, uh, you can take that time. We really do try to honor that because it's best for, best for everyone. It really depends like what kind of work you're doing because some work can really wear you out and bring you down. Some work can really energize you. It's kind of like the difference between uh, introversion and extroversion or um, introversion. It's more you're tired from being around people, but extroversion is like you get uh, you know some pep in your step from being around people and talking all the time. And I guess that's like all the different type of work too. If you find that you're you know, uh, creating more, uh, writing organizing keeping other people organized micromanaging maybe that can uh that can wear you down or either bring you up so uh be interesting to see if like we have our toggle reports where we're tracking like the time uh, of like, what we actually do day to day but if it was like a mood score from that actual job it can really help you to uh prioritize the work that really you know pushes you forward and try and find someone else to do the work that brings you down but i don't know that's uh, that's probably getting a bit too nitty into the details there. Maybe sometime in the future, there'll be some sort of AI that's tracking how happy you are while you work, which is also kind of dystopic, but whatever. <laughs> that's coming. It's already here. And uh, Nihal introduced me to the term. I didn't know, I th I'd never heard of it, but ambivert, which is, you know, toggling in between extroverted and introverted, which I thought was such a uh, interesting concept. Um, Neil, any thoughts on this? I mean, you've, you, I, I like what you said about like, it was a very quiet slack <laughs> environment over the last couple of weeks. Any, any thoughts from your side on this? I know you've come in from a sort of a, a different environment, but still, I, I don't even know exactly how big that team is into obviously a much smaller team where there's tasks floating around all the time. So I guess a perspective shift has maybe come for you in, in this regard. 
Yeah, for sh sure. I think um, one thing that I, I feel might contribute to some some level of feeling lost or maybe um, you know stress in a way that might not exist at a larger company, let's say, or like an established or like a you know you know like a long term established business. Um, one of the big things is, uh, you know, depending on how invested you are in the growth of the company, I feel like every little decision um, obviously is amplified, right? So, you know, one mistake is equivalent of like 20 mistakes at a larger company, right? But then similarly, like one big win it, it is greatly amplified as well. And I feel like sometimes that contributes to maybe like extreme state, like extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, especially within the startup space where, you know, you, you might land a huge client one day and then lose out on a funding round the next day. Right. And, and so it's like, um, on one hand, you, you've one step forward on the other hand, something's pushed you back twice, but then at the same time, the cool part about being in such a small, uh, working towards being agile team <laughs> is, uh, the, the fact that we can congregate as a team and kind of determine the next steps, see what's best for everyone. Um, it, it, it's definitely a lot more open. Uh, I, I've, and I feel like that, that also comes with its pros and cons, right? Where it's, you hope that everyone can express their viewpoints um, equally. Uh, and I think we, we do a pretty good job of trying to enforce that as well, where everyone has a voice. And yeah, o overall, um, it's funny because I was actually talking with some of my friends last week about how I think as much as I don't mind working from home, at the same time, I, I you know, I got so used to working with people that even if it's just sitting in the same room and like working with like a buddy, right, um, to, to kind of just be in this, in this, you know, these four walls are my, my world now. So um, it, it'll be it'll be nice when yeah, we can potentially have a couple more in-person work sessions and kind of build more camaraderie as well. It'd be pretty sweet. Get some get some uh, drink more bubbly water together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree with that. I, I I love working with people. I I, I miss that a lot. And uh, even at Innovation Works, where our office was in London, like it was not just our team that we were interfacing with it was other organizations and companies so you just learn so much and just to feel that energy there was amazing i'll just add one other part from mine has been like this um like the toggling between different tasks of different nature so like some days in the morning i'll try to start with something more complex or pretty uh, you know, cognitive load of, you know, some pretty intense emails or something that are, are, are going, I guess you shouldn't say that a cog, you know, an email is a heavy work, but it is <laughs> depending emails. on how you're structured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and, and then like later in the day, if you've pushed your mind a bit, then you start to go to tasks that are maybe a little bit more, um, you know, automated in your, in your brain where you can sort of lower that cognitive load and just get something done. That's more practical. Uh, so I, I found that like shifting or cycling in between those has been very helpful, but we don't always have that luxury. And I think me all just one thing for you, is just like, I think sometimes actually the openness of what you are 
capable of doing like you i don't you know we don't uh come into every day and it's like nihal you've got to do this it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i get to choose what i want to do today exactly. and i think i think that I can actually add a lot of stress to people mm-hmm. uh it's just like ah, i don't want to make this decision <laughs> i just want to be told mm-hmm. what what to do and i mean you've done a great job sort of adapting of like in the start i was like let's get this 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 and now i'm like you know what nihal i trust you go go ahead i think you're prioritizing right but that can be sort of fear inducing and add a whole other weight to every sort of decision or moment that you're taking uh, in the day. And just lastly, overall, like, you know, my history and what I care deeply about is just this idea of the idea of mental health and also being like the, the best versions of ourselves. So like anything that interferes with that, that's going to happen naturally in a startup environment. And as your company's growing, pushing tech to the edge, uh, trying to do as much as you can. Um, but overall prioritize that because if there's nothing, if that's not there, then nothing else is there. So, um, just, just keeping that in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think just feeding off the, like maybe as a final point to this particular discussion is I remember, um, like reading about basically the whole concept of like, you know, you're one big thing, right? Like, uh, and trying to just do that one thing in the day that you can define as, you know, success. And kind of using that as as a like almost like a north star metric just for your day, right? Because uh, yeah, some, some days we're operating at one hundred and twenty percent, and other days we're at forty, right? But it's like regardless of where you might be, um, how, how do you kind of at least make that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's all said this in the past too. You know that one percent improvement that day, mm-hmm. um, and that one percent contribution, uh, even if you weren't able to hit the five percent you wanted to hit, uh, and yeah, I mean here's here's hoping to, i mean summer's here so that 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 always makes everyone feel a bit yeah. nicer <laughs> yeah for sure uh, tim lauren any other thoughts on on this this topic specifically three two one take guys no all right uh, okay one last part of that i think i was like that idea of like eat the frog first which is like do the hardest thing in the day first and then everything else feels better after that Sometimes the frog is too big, though, and sometimes like I need to I need to eat a couple little uh, tadpoles before I can get to that frog <laughs> to get me uh, some some traction and, and momentum into the day. Lauren, it's your birthday, um, so I feel like uh, you, well, it's past your birthday, but it was your birthday. You know, uh, you've got a, a topic here. We are missing a couple core pieces to our team right now. Uh, he is doing squats uh, as he's waiting for an environment to load uh, on the computer. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Lauren, maybe just any, any thoughts on this and sort of, I guess, an unofficial, uh, topic for today without, of course, the, the grandmaster, uh, Vatzel here. That's quite right. Um, we are wrapping up our second quarter of 2021, heading into quarter three. So I just want to ask all of you, um, how'd you feel about the last quarter? Was, uh, did you get everything done that you wanted to get done? Um, anything you weren't too happy about? Just curious about how you feel about the last uh, three months, and especially for like Nihal too, because this is his first three months with the company altogether. So just wanted to learn, you know, where we can improve. Uh, I think you all did a very good job anyways, from my uh, perspective. Um, there's a lot of improvements from uh, Tim on the website, uh, like as the actual app, and also from Nihal on the actual, um, you know, marketing front of the website. So it's uh, it's always good to see the actual work that you put in and the the changes that are happening there. You don't really see that too much in accounting. You don't really hear too much from accounting unless there's like a mistake or a problem. So. <laughs> okay, who wants to go first there? Big ass, Lauren. 
Timothy. I mean, sure, I, I can go. Uh, quarter two. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things that's been good about this, and you know, I, I think the first month um, was mildly overwhelming, just in terms of learning about the, you know, the company, learning about the app, um, figuring what we wanted to do exactly out, and then you know, month two. It kind of got better. Um, and then month three was not bad, but it was, it was just like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it was a lot of, it, it was quite a drastic, not a drastic shift, but I think it, it was a bit of a shift from maybe what we'd set out to do from the very start in, in some ways. Um, but overall, I think we've all, for the most part, achieved most of our goals that we set out to achieve initially, if we are just going to talk about OKRs. Um, there are some things, I, I think, like there were probably some assumptions made at the start that maybe weren't acted uh, out on, but they were kind of replaced with other initiatives that you know are hopefully working to move speed forward. Um, on the personal front, I think it's been great that I'm not just stuck doing like maintenance work and I actually get to like create, which is nice. Um, I've, I, I think I was looking to speak like I was, uh, cause I just finished drafting a bunch of pages and I've officially hit like, I think 20, 20 pages created on speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, strange metric, but it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of see your, your work, the output and, uh, you know, on the results front and the KPIs front, like we've actually seen uh, decent performance on some of the things like uh, I've worked on, which which is nice to see. Uh, and it, it's inspiring me as well to kind of keep track of these little experiments we do and like uh, these uh, potentially uh, acquisition, these potential acquisition channels we've built out and using that, you know, part, partly as just a personal growth tool, but I think it it can also feed back into speaks future expertise and like you know uh, content we can put out, uh, things that we can actually use to move the speak brand forward, which I think I think is cool. Uh, it's it's not something you get to do every day, um, you know, at most larger companies where you it's just like hey yeah like here he, here's our goal like go <laughs> right like do what you think uh, needs to be done to hit this goal and obviously along the way you hit some setbacks uh, but you also achieve victories as well along the way which which makes it worthwhile um, and, and yeah i mean it, it's, it's been it's been it's been a great three months uh de definitely been enjoying my my role here, enjoying my time here. Um, it's exciting to think about the future as well, and you know what maybe our roles uh, grow into, uh, what kind of responsibilities we might have coming on our plates in the next, you know, like next quarter, next two quarters, and thinking about how that'll uh, impact our dynamic, and even how that impacts our like the overall business model moving forward. Beautiful. It's a good start. Timothy, how about you, sir? Right. Um, 
it's a it's a i have two conflicting ideas but i'll try to you know, i'll try to um um these these this quarter went very interestingly leon joined and it was one it was the moment where my just perspective changed and the perspective not changed but just missing pieces were put in place and this excitement of excitement of of ah this is it uh this excitement sometimes um well it, it's a good and a bad thing once again and the uh, the hard work it, it, it ensued and it was um i'm sure everyone has these moments when yes this is the right thing and um when it's too much you fly too too high in the sky and i want to allure to uh myth vicarious the sun burned uh uh melted the wax and the guy fell into the ocean but for me it was literally i burnt myself in niagara falls and have have uh regenerated a new skin on top but that's um that that's that is to say and um to bring it back to speak is to we can't do all but we can do some things right and when you do realize which things you can do and which things are business are viable to the business are feasibly correct and um ultimately achieve the north star just make the product better that's these moments are something that i hope every company should have these innovative these slivers of of innovation that just happen throughout throughout time and throughout bringing new people on board bringing new people on board is always been well not i don't have much experience to say but uh, to to say this confidently but people you meet and are wealths of, inf of information and when they want to help you that's uh these are called friendships um yeah great quarter um i'm definitely looking forward to the next quarter uh for let's 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 do another round of what you want in the next quarter instead i don't want to start that yet and i just and lauren uh, i don't know if you have more to share lauren do you have more or did you give it when you asked the question or do you have anything more on your reflection on uh, the last quarter um well just going based on like our okrs i feel like i probably did the worst of everybody i feel like i didn't really meet too many of um what i was setting out to do just mostly because um, I don't really want to blame other people, but it's uh, you talk to other people and they say, no, let's not do that. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I didn't succeed. Um, so it's more a matter of just waiting, I guess, for the next quarter to come along. But uh, it doesn't, uh, things like those don't really just fall into your lap, really. You kind of have to keep on building on top of it and giving it enough time over uh, a while. So there's a lot of like things I was planning on doing like this quarter that was probably going to just be bleeding over into the next quarter. Um, also a lot of perspective just gained from uh, certain metrics that we've been uh, looking at too. Like uh, this past three months, we've been really looking more into uh, retention just based on like the software. Like I'm always just looking on metrics of like the finances, but to actually see, you know, uh, the behaviors of people actually using it really brings into perspective like 
uh, what people use it for and how often they use it. And then you kind of have to mold the whole business around those different uh, personalities and uh, behaviors. Um, and so it's, uh, it's a lot to consider. It's a lot of um, expectations kind of being broken down in a way and um, being open to the reality of the other people that we're trying to carry towards. I don't know, you kind of have like a, you build up the customer, you build up the investor, you build up the, the grant giver and uh, what you think they're going to do. And um, you learn a lot because it's always, uh, it's never how you think it's going to turn out. So um, yeah, and that could possibly be on us too. We could probably be better communicators, possibly. I don't know. There's always room for improvement, but it's not a, just because there's room for improvement doesn't mean that you're bad in any way. It's just more, um, uh, it's not like a failure. It's more just a, an opportunity. Um, just constantly. I don't think there's ever like, you're I'm never going to be a perfect communicator. There's always just going to be something you can always nitpick and, uh, uh, you know, not be down on, but just, you know, aim for something better, I suppose. So going into this new quarter, um, I think there's just a lot of things that I need to do just as far as like stepping out of the comfort zone, doing things that you don't want to do, but uh, it's just a matter of setting your mind to it. Because if you're like, if you jump into like a workflow of, I really don't like this work, I'd rather not do it. And you kind of just half-ass it just to get out of the way. Um, that's more so on you. It's more just a matter of shifting your, uh, your mindset. And uh, you got to find out how to shift your mindset, really, which is usually just through, um, again, just expanding your perspective through means certain means different means I don't know. getting wiser every day lauren i love it i think you know the part that you just talk about is just that constant improvement um i experienced that a lot when i was first building websites or designing web, whatever i was doing putting those things together on the web <laughs> and uh, i would like build a website finish the project and i would look at the website four days later and be like god damn it you know because you just hated it already it was like you realized through that process you learned so much of how you would take that whole thing on again if you had known what you know now and i think that's life and uh you know i just look at these okrs and what we talked about like uh completely restructuring the pricing plan building a complete our first ever onboarding experience free trial automation. None of this was included in the OKRs. And uh, so there was a lot that uh, every time it's like, we're getting better. I do see more green in the OKRs every time, but then it's not only that, it's the 15 things that were on top of that, that we hadn't even considered that were also generally executed and completed pretty good, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. So like that, uh, that's exciting to me. I think we get better at planning but also worse at predicting the future i don't know if that makes sense but like now even some even some of the great work that he has done has led to for example inbound leads and live chats and people coming out of nowhere um who you could never predict you just don't know those things and that then makes you have to really want to have that structure of what you want to get accomplished but then be willing and humbled that you need to adjust and prioritize as best you can um, on the spot and like i'll just a couple things for us like at the start of before q3 or q2 started i think we had 
what we were looking at was almost like 150 to 200k in grants uh in our pipeline that we were like pretty confident about and just at the start of the quarter which is like bye-bye <laughs> and you know that changes a lot of things too right so there's so many so many factors so many things can modify everything that you're doing and uh um i guess just if i take a second to reflect on the quarter i think yeah as we've alluded to here the last month the fifth from the fifth well even this now this week too but like from the time we tried to take on this onboarding the free trial part like that was probably the longest sprint that i've ever been a part of uh of like wow this is uh exhausting <laughs> and i could feel that for myself and i could feel that for the rest of the team however we've also now i've even been on a couple team onboardings or watch people sign up for the application that like on the call with them and the onboarding is beautiful and the app looks better and there's help documentation that we can send links out to any time that are actually helpful. Um, like that, that, that difficulty and reaps rewards as you go. Um, and so I hope that we continue to continue to see that, um, Q3, I should, you know, I shouldn't say that is, but is, in that way is still a little unclear for me. You know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this. And one of the topics that I was, you know, even talking, gonna talk about today was like focusing on investors or focusing on customers or, um, and one last part that I think connects to Tim's, what he was talking about earlier is like Vatsal is taking a much deserved uh, vacation next week. And uh, like his sort of request, and I think is a good request is, I, I want to take that, vacation and then come back and really start to structure out what this the rest of the quarter looks like um and i think that i that that ability to detach for a bit to then come back with a refreshed mind and more clarity instead of trying to do it too early when we're not quite ready and we've just come off this big sprint is a good idea even if it starts to bleed into the quarter uh, a little bit so my hope is that we don't feel completely unclear and we know what things we can do that make an impact but still some work to do from like an overall prioritization and where do we want to take this? Um, I'll just blend this in. I'll merge this in with two of the topics. One of the topics actually, which is, for example, there's two things right now, two projects right now that could be relatively significant, which are great. Um, but they, I, the idea is that they require like customization. Like they like, they, they like the foundational part of our application, but there's things that we add on top. And what I've noticed is even the reason why we've have potential to win these con like these contracts and relationships is some of the vendors that they went to weren't even responsive to requests or wouldn't even have a call and consider any of the things that they were hoping to have as part of the system. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out and trying to understand is, you know, we're looking at setting up these this quarterly plan. What do we want to build? versus what do people who are coming to us as, you know, as customers or prospective customers, what, what do they want and how, how do we, yeah, how do we proceed? You know, like that's, that's one of the things I'm trying to, trying to figure out right now. Do we print this rigid structure of our, of the, of the, of the plan for software that we want? And then we just continue build. And if you like the product, then you like it. And if you don't, then find another fit. Or do we try to customize the platform to fit needs? And at what point does that dilute the product and make it not valuable um, for some of our core users or some of the markets that we're planning to go after? So that's sort of my question. I don't know if you guys have any any thoughts on that. Depends on how much uh, 
differentiation you want between like actual enterprise clients, which seems to be like in our stage, the most, uh, the most fruitful thing to work towards and like how much of that's gonna bleed over into subscriptions, um, which is just kind of uh, come as you are, you know, self-serve, this is what you get. Um, I don't know. It uh, it depends a lot on like who you're who you're working with. If you like them, if you understand their pains, if you understand what their workflow is looking like, and um, a lot of the times it's the things that we don't really know about. So it's a lot of uh, time and exploration of talking to them and figuring out how they actually uh, work through everything. Um, and you know, just also like the causes that they're into, like what they're like, why they're working and what they're working if you can kind of resonate with that um, maybe it's a matter of just resonating with as many people as possible finding the common ground everywhere um, but yeah it's again it's a it's a shift of the mind it's a, it's an understanding of who you really want to be helping out um, so it's not really about the money at that point then it's about uh, your time um, and how much you i suppose care for those same causes here so I don't know. There's a lot to there's a lot of nuance to it depending on like who you're talking to, you know the customers or the uh, the higher level customers of they need a lot more but they're also willing to give a lot more and contribute and discuss it a lot more, or if there's just you know random people from Australia who pop in and berate you, yell yell at you on live chat. <laughs> uh, I I mean to feed off of that I I feel like these are two separate you know, when we talk about, let, let's say, like, market, market segmentation or customer segmentation, this almost becomes a conversation of right now, right, our dev team is two people, right? So w when it comes to creating custom solutions, uh, at this point in time, a, a lot of a, a lot of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the compromise sometimes comes with, do we work on, you know, improving this baseline product that we're building um, that may or may not pay dividends uh, from, from, from like a subscription perspective? Or do we take on these enterprise contracts where uh, it's a bit more manual work in terms of uh, figuring out these custom solutions, but they tend to be larger uh, influxes, influx, like a larger influx of cash. Uh, for us, which uh, it, it balances out sometimes the maybe lost opportunity that could have gone into just improving the kind of consumer pay as you are pay as you go uh, subscriptions we have. And when it comes to you know your uh, customer service, customizing for customers, I do think at our Stage, considering that we don't have the, uh, you know, the, the financial resources that large companies might have, for instance, it's it's our almost like our humanity or our personalized touch that I, I think will really help us uh, at least win over our initial like a like a legion of initial supporters, and hopefully through some of those interactions we figure out features or we figure out. Um, use cases that we might have not even thought of that end up feeding into other parts of the business, right? Whether that's uh, outreach or that's creating content. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's tough 
because you you sacrifice either way, right? but it's a matter of making a calculated guess as as you know part of the leadership team about where where that risk is worth uh, it, it, whether that risk is worth taking or not. Um, and you know, ho hopefully, if at some point we're able to grow our team, um, that kind of becomes a decision that becomes easier, where we might even have dedicated reps or you know to create these custom solutions while we have another team that works on just building out our base product as well wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that, that would be, be nice. <laughs> tim any thoughts i mean you've been uh, spending a lot of time customer research product-led growth um yeah how, how do you feel about this 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 part and i i'll just a couple of things to add some context like tim did an awesome job where we got some custom requests from a customer and they uh and, you know, Tim tried to frame it as what's the problem they're having and does that problem apply to other people across the system? And just, you know, interestingly, the, you know, the, the team that was asking for these requests, they've got 30 plus people. And at our highest plan right now, we had 10 people. So all of a sudden there is then the, 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 the range of problems that comes from managing that many files at once and that many people at once. And, you know, so the thought is how can we apply requests from them across the entire platform that are valuable, that don't just convolute the product until it becomes a Frankenstein, uh, which would be wonderful. That would be nice. And I we need some UX and UI uh, to do that. And then if they ask for a custom request, just as a simple example, is like on the embeddable recorder, we need, we need X, Y, and Z input forms. We need to collect this information because it's valuable to our business. And instead of just hard programming those in, which wouldn't make sense for other people, then do we have to go beyond and actually look into the future and say, what if we give everyone the ability to customize the fields that they ask for in the embeddable recorder? So it becomes a flexible solution instead of just a hardcore solution that is very specific to one business or use case. So those are some of the opportunities, but then the challenges, and you might be making a pretty significant investment to make that happen and hoping that it pans out. And if you're trying to be responsive to one customer, you might not have the time to do the validation across all the customers um, to to do it. So, Tim, sorry, that was. <laughs> oh, you read my mind here. Um, you really did in terms of, of course, that um, I didn't spend nearly enough time to have to have understood the um all the presumptions that are made and what are the real issues that they're having it's not um something you can precisely do in a spreadsheet in one evening and that is however that's that's the great thing that we're we're taking this this as into consideration the fact that well these these um, custom solutions may not be applicable to everyone else, every other persona we're serving. And uh, honestly, personas we're serving, we don't, it's the, they themselves, there is so much research that, that could be useful potentially. And this research is um, with product market fit from which the strategy to build things stems. And I don't need to allure to, I don't need to explain any of this because you guys expanded on this quite well. Um, strategy is, um, current strategy is to, is, to, is, to, is to have this, have this balance between 
customizable solutions and big cash flow and and on the other end you would want to um still strategize about your product for a long run and it's that is um that's it um can't add much that's what we're um on on the brink of discovering i would say okay yeah um well i, I know there's things that like personally, if we had the, the whole expansive team, and I think your model changes, for example, if you get an injection of flow of cash through a grant or fundraising, then you can also be, I would say even more, there's not, you don't have to be more, but you can be more restrictive of who you accept as a customer, you know, in a way. Uh, and, I, and not to say that, like for us, it's not like we just say yes to everyone. There are things that we've said no to because it doesn't make sense, but they're also like, you know, if I come in with this request, this is 80% fit and then we want to do a couple of things, it's a hard moment to say no, especially if you see the prospects of growth or you can grow along with that company or you're solving a problem for them. It feels good to, you know, be an ad, you know, an adolescent system that all of a sudden someone says, wow, this is, this is pretty good. Uh, can you do X and Y? And I like, this is going to be perfect. And it's like, okay, well, I guess so. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I have these, you know, dreams dating back from when we first started this 2018 i see trello cards from 2019 of like what i want to have in the system but you know capacity resources and then just also sometimes those dreams that you have are not necessarily solving the problems for the customer in that moment so you have to sort of make that compromise and you push them to the back burner with the goal that one day you can make all those things come to reality. Tim's smiling. He knows the kind of stuff that is, uh, again, maybe not as practical, but it will be one day. <laughs> it will be there. Um, so that's wonderful. We've got a couple minutes left. We'll go one last topic. Michal, like, I mean, I sort of, I didn't steal your topic, but I wrote it because we've been sort of trying to get to it in the last couple uh, uh, office hours, but never did. So um, do you have any thoughts on, on your side? Want to maybe uh, open this up? Sure. So, you know, just going back to the earlier point about being able to experiment and come up with, you know, certain ideas that we've, we, we thought would have an impact and, you know, turns out that we're right. <laughs> that, 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 that's always great. And two, well, one main channel that that's been for us, for instance, is this whole alternatives page strategy um, where, uh, we've we, we set ourselves up in a way where we're trying to be informative about the different choices a customer might have when it comes to trying to solve a particular problem and trying to be as transparent as possible while still you know like uh, hyping ourselves up a little bit uh, to to get them to at least give us a try um, over some more uh, established uh, programs uh, so, sorry established software um, that is out there. And one thing that I've found, for instance, is uh, from, let, let's hear our alternatives page, for instance, is the fact that we've discovered that since, you know, like I'll name drop, but like Otter's blown up, um, there's been this massive explosion in search volume for like an Otter API, right? And for, from my understanding, from what I've seen in like uh, interviews and like, you know, just Otter re uh, news releases, they have no plans to release an API anytime soon, um, which in a way sucks for the people looking for it, but 
on the other hand, is great for us because we have Minkiev, <laughs> right? And we, we've actually, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure, uh, like on the, like, I don't think we've actually had anyone uh, sign up with the express intent of using the API just yet. But, you know, just in the past month, we've seen quite a bit of traffic coming our way from people looking for an API solution. And for anyone looking for a speech-to-text API solution with, you know, some solid AI analysis, you know, hit us up. Uh, we, <laughs> we can uh, help you out with that. Uh, our dev team is quite, quite capable of uh, helping you integrate that into any system that you're planning to use. Uh, and uh, feeding off of that, you know, I was just looking at some of our kind of baseline competitors, just mainly on the speech to text front for inspiration on how there may be uh, trying to bring in customers um, to at least use the platform. And one thing we discussed yesterday as well, for instance, was this idea of eventually, you know, once again, when capacity frees up to create maybe a suite of very basic but free tools that people can use directly on our site without necessarily, let's say, having to sign up for an app. But in a way, it becomes a growth tool where people are like, oh, like, you know, I need to convert my MP3 file into text. Uh, and they come our way, um, they're, they're able to use it. And they're like, oh, this is cool. Let me actually sign up for the app and give it a try. And similarly, there's other um, features and tools we have built into speak that could maybe be repurposed into these these kind of growth tools that we can uh use uh for inbound uh for inbound traffic where you know i was talking about how just looking for online voice recorder is has like thirty thousand searches a month and the top ranking page for that is literally a recorder widget on a page <laughs> and and, and th these are like opportunities that we can leverage to then bring people in and you know hopefully upsell them into cool you know now that you have your file transcribed or recorded uh now what right so you recorded your file transcribe it now what are you going to do with it and hopefully that's where we can position ourselves um because you know a, a lot of companies now can transcribe your media for you um we're just the best right and and we can actually help you do things with your media um that goes beyond just hey i have a transcript uh and i i think it's been it's been interesting to try to build out some channels for us to potentially see people coming in get a get a couple more you know hopefully nice customer interactions um where people are letting us know what they're looking for and uh helps us on various aspects on the communication and product side as well where we we're able to better understand what people are looking for um, figure out how we can, you know, just serve their needs better than the next solution that they could use. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. much it for me. Yeah. yeah no, I, I really liked, uh, an experience with a, a demo that I did yesterday where mm -hmm. the, the guy hadn't necessarily, hadn't like he, he basically he thought, you know, the speech to text part and he thought he was just sort of going to get like a raw json output and what he hadn't realized is just like the in-depth navigation and accessibility of the the, the the platform itself mm 
And, and so I, I think like, you know, you talked about these little widgets that you can put on the site or, you know, I saw, you know, the simple idea for myself is like, uh, you know, the text and we talked about it, like embedding like the text analysis part on the site. So it's like drop any text that you want, hit the analyze button and you can see how the system works immediately because there was a, a, a big jump, big jump in comprehension, but then also excitement about our application once he got into the app and realized what it was. He just thought it was just sort of like a speech-to-text JSON output file of structured data. So that's like, we also need to get that across, you know, and it's a tool and a mechanism for that. Personally, uh, I, I, you know, I'm weird, not weird. I'm, I mean, I, of course I am weird, but that's, that's, that's another story. The part is that I don't really like this idea of competition. I've never, it's never been, um, it's just not my, I played too much hockey. I don't know what it was, but like, I, so I didn't like this idea, but this the idea of the alternatives and now to see not only are what people are searching around for some of the alternative systems that people consider besides ours, but I would say also comp- how they're comparing those systems to other systems. Like I found other solutions that they're searching for, for example, Otter versus or Descript versus that then aren't on our site that could possibly be an alternatives page at some point. I also think maybe this is too much, but like, could we help them with the comparison? You know what I mean? If someone's searching Otter versus Descript, can we help make that comparison? And then can we also add our own flavor into what we do and how that differentiates and separates? So become a really powerful resource for people who are, I've got media or I've got a media library. I'm trying to make the most value out of it. How can I reuse it? How can I repurpose? How can I make it more accessible? And how can I make sure my investment in media and content is worthwhile? All of this can be unlocked by continuing to educate, especially if we do it in an honest, thorough, thoughtful way. Um, so I've been great to uh, that. And also I've just had some, I've had positive and negative live chats um, <laughs> about this thing, which is uh, find a lot of company. will come to an alternatives page and they'll say, hey, I, I can see that they're viewing that page and they'll have a live chat with me and say, uh, you know, um, this system, uh, you know, I like this system, but it doesn't do, X, Y, and Z. Can your system do that? Sometimes I'm like, nah, and that sounds too hard. But others, I'm like, okay, maybe it doesn't do that now, but we're happy to discuss, you know? So it's it's been an educational thing of what, what are breakdowns in other companies' products that can be an opportunity for us. And of course, we have to validate if we want to pursue those opportunities. But if that becomes a differentiating factor for us and is valuable across many um, customers, markets, industries, or just use cases, that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, I, I, one sec about I'm at, uh, this live chat thing is uh, frustrating. Uh, I want to figure this out. Uh, is just like, okay, I can't say I'm overwhelmed because that would be ridiculous because it's like three live chats a day. So I can't really say like, ah, oh, it's too, so many live chats and I can't even handle it. It's like three people uh, a day. But um, there's definitely that pattern that's emerging about people asking the same questions. And uh, people are also yelling at us when we are not responsive. <laughs> And, and, and not having like a simple query system or if you type something in that we automatically pop or populate a response. So we're using Drift right now, but like we have to find a better solution. And also if I go on vacation, which is going to happen, my mom just informed me that there's no internet at the cottage now. God damn it. Uh, and so what am I going to do if I'm the only one accessing these live chats and we can't and no one's responding? So there needs to be a better system uh, in regards to this whole thing. And ideally, it's not you three 
even always having to respond to it, we can automatically provide resources. And if it escalates in terms of a customer's need or we're not able to respond through our help docs or something, then a conversation happens. But uh, that's emerged a lot because of the alternative page, those live chats. I'm thankful for it, uh, Nihal, but I'm also mad at you. No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. I'm, I like these conversations a lot. Whew. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tim, Lauren, any last thoughts before we wrap this up today? I'll have a weird idea or one or two, but um, just the media navigation has been, um, uh, I use this term a lot, but it was an elephant in the room and still is. I think media navigation is such a powerful tool, but we're not, we're not hearing much, or at least it's in my mind, but in my mind, but we're not hearing people asking for it. Um, and obviously, because that's the solution we came up with, um, it's not that, but um, the, I'm saying this as a research opportunity in terms of how do people navigate media? I mean, yes, seeking button, you can, you can click on that seeker and move it around, but then how powerful is the um, search by words and, and this visual representation of media itself? And um, just a thought, but I would love to look into this and and um, have some qualitative data. I mean, it's a very curious question. Well, two things have been really interesting. We have a team right now who uploaded their entire, all their documentary footage into our system. And they're actually creating a trailer for the documentary. And they were trying to streamline that process. And they had, you know, hundreds of hours of uh, video that they had captured throughout the documentary filming. And they basically used, they just simple, used the word love, found every single video that include the word love, uh, visualized in that, opened it up, got the exact sentence and used that to put together the final trailer for the film. And they said that saved them hours. Like, out, like when I talked to two people who used the system for that, they were like, why aren't you doing this? You know, like that. So that was a really amazing moment. And then yesterday, as I did that demo, the guy realized I showed him the search dashboard after he had uploaded a couple sample files and it like, it blew his mind, which was great. You know, blowing a mind isn't always like the factor of like, okay, this means it's successful, but when in a practical example, and he, you know, he realizes he's going to put hundreds, if not thousands of hours into the system, and then you can search and recall anything in a second, it was uh, a good mind blowing uh, experience, not just like, oh, this is cool. Um, so cool doesn't always convert to pain solved, but in this case it did, which was wonderful. So I do believe this is a huge thing. Last part, chapters on YouTube keeps sticking out to me, but like chapters on YouTube has changed everything dramatically, I think for how people navigate through information. So whether that appears in snippets uh, when you do a Google search, but then also on YouTube, I'm guessing that that longer videos that have chapters are getting much higher engagement or people likely to watch that video and stay because they can then navigate through it the way that they want. Um, so that's a, obviously a hypothesis, but it just makes so it makes a lot of sense to me. And I have had that experience of uh, this is a 50 minute video has no chapters versus this is a 50 minute video and it's well organized in terms of chapters. I will watch this. If I don't like this part, there might be a couple of other topics that I'm interested in that I would like to navigate to. I was trying to remember his name, but it's the one uh, podcaster, Lex Friedman. He's got yes. chapters on all of his videos, and Crushes it's always it. very good to just skim through and uh, yeah, just jump to 
whatever's there. Is there any uh, solutions out right now that break up videos into chapters or is this just kind of like, how does he even do that really? He does it manually right now, but uh, Nihal and I, we will not name I'm just kidding, but uh, we found two, I believe, solutions that are, are basically doing this. And uh, some of them are only using like the sentences within the sort of, like, it's almost like they're doing questions, I think, Nihal. Basically, if a question is asked within the transcript, that will become a topic. And like, we have this full capability already. It's basically just like, take a question and then get the timestamp. And then all you do is take, I don't know if you've seen in the description of the video, how they structure it. But it's just like number timestamp and then the the topic and then that will automatically put it into the youtube video so we have a lot of the pieces i think with a little better topic modeling or if we could figure out a plan i think we could actually have a really viable solution for helping people automatically chapter all their videos uh in media which would be wonderful especially with people who have done it for years or have th hundreds of thousands of hours and then want to make their system make their their library more valuable instantly how much uh this is probably just a question for tim mostly but how much work do you think that would be to do all that right i was just thinking and if we could overtake that uh from i mean youtube right now they put so much research obviously they did and they came up with this chapter solution and they are pushing for it and people seem like if, if we consider this, this hypothesis to be just consider this hypothesis the talent will uh, pushed is that well if it does help to bring more engagement if it does help reduce brain cycles you need to sort of navigate through the media not hold don't don't use as much working memory that you need to hold on the timestamps in your mind if we could automate all that um i mean topic modeling or clusterization uh but i would imagine that to be an acquisition thesis for youtube for us data queries if we could if we could automate that because we might be competing with them for the same for the sake and they don't have any import tools of course import of 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 uh chapters for example i mean not anytime soon so uh, um just thinking look at that mind going the beautiful mind there I wouldn't be able to tell you how much time I would need, but, <laughs> but well, if, we were, if we were to have uh, something backing this thesis to have validated it somewhat and have enough resources to have validated it and then hired a um, natural language processing engineer to have this clusterization um, algorithm in place, that might take a, a that'll be done in a quarter. I mean, it's an OKR task. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, YouTube, the smart people, are, are getting this people to manually label it right now so they can train their system to automatically do it in the future. So I see it as a temporary um, opportunity. I don't believe this will be around forever. Um, and that's sometimes, I think, the sadness of having not the, necessarily the resources that you want is like with the system that we have and the flexibility, if we had a, a bit more of an agile team with me, more resources, I think we could capture opportunities a lot quicker. Uh, instead of like saying a quarter, it's like, no, we can do that in three days. And then you validate very quickly if that's worthwhile. So um, I hope one day we can make that happen and not as far in the distant future as we think, because like some, we were even planning out milestones for one of the people we were talking to. And we're like, I was like, oh, some of these things, I'm like, I don't want that to be in March, 2022. I want it 
now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's selfish, obviously, and that's not necessarily the best way, but, you know, uh, they're, they're, that, those are the limitations of having a small team and, and knowing that even if you are doing an experiment and learning from it quickly, if you have the, the, the cash flow and you have the team, then it can be a worthwhile experiment. But when it's a team our size with not that necessarily just a ton of cash is sitting there, it can be detrimental. It could be actually the death of your organization. So you also lose some of the fun uh, that can come with that experimentation sometimes. But it also keeps you lean, keeps you focused, keeps you focused on solving problems. So I can't complain. Lauren, any last words from you, friend? I think you should be able to close. I think you should close this out. Um, do you have anything else to say? I'm just really proud of everybody. All that great work we've all been putting in. And uh, keep it up. And let's do something spectacular. All right. Beautiful. All right. Thank you to anyone who uh, tuned in today. We missed Fatsel, of course, Miss Leon, but wonderful to have you here. Uh, I think Fatsel's coming in for a wave at the end. Look at that hardworking guy there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Office Hours 23 is done. Thank you.